You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Welcome. Back to Legends Live. Now, what you just saw is the promo video for the new Legends Care program. That's the Legends HBCU scholarship for undergraduates attending HBCUs across the country. Now, the deadline for that is next Friday, May 14th, next Friday. So you want to make sure that you have your application in by then. And you can find out more about that at Legends of uh, Legends of Basketball.com slash HBCU. Again, Legends of Basketball dot com slash hbcu now welcome to legends live as presented by the national basketball retired players association as you know the home of all our nba and wnba legends like to remind you that you can submit questions during the show that we will answer before we wrap up and without any further ado i'd like to welcome in today's guest we have former member of the seattle storm and the canberra capitals over her wnba and wnbl career she is a and bear with me here a 12-time All-Star, seven-time MVP, five-time Finals MVP. Hi, how you going? I'm doing good. How are you? Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I, You know, there's a massive time difference, so it's really cool to be here. <laughs> yeah, what, what time is it uh, in Australia where you're at? It's currently 9.06 a.m. Okay, so we're, we're, we're I guess, good morning, uh, I should say. So uh, first things first, how are you? I'd, like, I'd always like to know how our legends are doing. Like, how, how are things? Yeah, really good. Just um, you know, I'm I've, a mum of two little boys now, and I'm loving it. Um, working, you know, uh, with Basketball Australia, so still in basketball. Um, I think I'll be in basketball for the rest of my life. There's no doubt. Um, but yeah, just doing the things that I love, and I, you know, I have to say, I think being a mum is just um, the the best thing that I've ever, you know, sort of been through. So life's good. That's good to hear. Now, your role with Basketball Australia, what, what's that look like for you? So uh, basically I'm the head of the Women's National Basketball League here in Australia, so just running the WNBL here um, and I guess trying to lift its profile, the professionalism and, and you know, standards for the athletes. It's um, We've been running for 41 seasons now, so coming to our 42nd year. Um, but, you know, women's sports definitely, you know, taken off in Australia, but... Um, but our sport's sort of, you know, not where it should be. So we're um, definitely doing a lot to try and push it forward. And there's a few challenges, but, you know, I think um, just one one step, one foot in front of the other, and uh, you've got to keep moving forward. Definitely. Now, I, I got to say, when I looked you up, there was a, there was a little A-O by <laughs> your name. What does that mean? Uh, it's the Order of Australia. So it's like okay. a um, thing that you get from, like, the queen basically oh, okay. just something you get from some nothing major just something you get from the queen well i didn't get it from her personally but it's okay. um you know, it's like an honor okay. Um, okay. So, um basically i think for my career and, and what i was able to achieve in the sport so again like basketball has offered me so many privileges and um 
you know, I do. I feel so honoured to have been able to compete at such a high level and, and do the things that I was able to do. So, I, you know, I'm forever grateful to the sport. Now, you retired in 2016, so over five years now. So how's retirement treating you? You know, you mentioned motherhood, doing some work uh, with Australian basketball, but just in general, how, how's retirement treating you? Uh, look, it's been um, good. Officially, I retired in 2016, but I mm. pro- finished in the WNBA in 2012, um, and it was because of injury. So yeah. I hurt myself over in China, my knee, and I just never recovered from it. I had about 15 operations trying to get wow. back for about three years. Um, and then in 2016, I tore my ACL again, and then I got a staph infection in my knee, and it was like, right, it's, good. you know, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, and so by that point, like after three years of really, um, just pushing myself to come back and the surgeries and the, everything that comes along with that, um, I just sort of said, I, I can't do it. And I was in such a bad place mentally and physically. Um, so retirement was a welcome relief when it finally came along and I was able to sort of pick up the pieces and start focusing forward on, you know, where my life is going to go now. So it was um it was a bit of a journey there, like yeah. hitting into retirement. But um you know once I sort of realised right there's a life outside of the sport for me, I've got to go and you know find myself um in that life. And uh, life has been great. I you know again I've really tried to upskill as quickly as possible. Um, put myself through university because we we don't have college, you know over here. So mm-hmm. I I went pro from eighteen. Um so I didn't okay. have sort of education to fall back on. So um, I, I made sure I went and got my bachelor's degree and then I started doing postgraduate um, work in my MBA. Okay. Um, and then basically any opportunity that came up for me to upskill, whether it was in government or like public or private, I did. And, yeah, then I landed this great job with Basketball Australia and hopefully this is where I stay. <laughs> that, you mentioned you started playing professionally at 18. What, what was that like, like just going – right into professionally well actually i i left home when i was 15 to play at the australian institute of sports so it's a little bit different here because we don't have the population um that america has so Mm. pretty much they pick the most talented 12 to 15 kids um in australia and they put them in this sort of dormitory style living um in canberra and you go there from you know 15 so i was there for two years and we played in the women's national basketball league at that point so um, you know, our first season or two, we were just smashed by 50 points each game and it was just okay. some learning. Some growing know. pains. Yeah, but we ended up winning the championship um, in our final year when we were like 17, 18 years old, which was okay. never happened before, never happened yeah. again. Um, but, you know, we had players like Penny Taylor, Susie Bakovic, Kristen Veal, like all players, uh, Belinda Snell that have played in the WNBA. Um, so we had like a really great crop of um, athletes that came through at the same point. Um, so we played professional. We played against women's teams at that point. Um, like and adult I, women's team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. And I'd also been um, selected in the Australian national team at that point. So I'd played at a world championship um, and I was heading into 2000 Olympics as well. So I was sort of ready, you know, to, to make that next step into the WNBA. Right. Now, both of your parents played professionally. Is that correct? Um, well, as professional as it could be for, for them. Um, dad, dad played for Australia. 
uh, in the 70s and my mum was actually captain of the Australian team and I think she was like the second woman to go and play in college. She played at LSU oh, wow. uh-huh. um, and still holds records at LSU for scoring and, um, and rebounding. And, yeah, it was actually funny because there was an ESPN article about, um, you know, the best athletes at their number. Um, and mum, because she only played two years at LSU, but um, they went to Final Four that year. I think okay. even championship game, but lost. But um, she she played two seasons and just she had a blast. She loved she loved it. So yeah, mum was a bit of a pioneer. Okay. Now, how old were you when you started winning one on one first? I guess either mom or dad. Oh look, they'll tell you they still beat me, but they don't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look, I can tell you that I thought it was, I was sort of eight or nine when I started winning, I reckon, but um, oh, wow. no, so early. <laughs> no, I look, I reckon probably about mm, maybe 13 or 14. Yeah. Okay. So that's about right before you went off to, is it the Institute? Yeah. So I was a bit of a softy too. I think because I, I was really lucky because I had, you know, a mum and a, like a mum and a dad who were from basketball and they were mm. like, you anything you want to be whereas at that time in Australia there wasn't like a pathway for female athletes um and I always I was always like I'm going to go and play in the NBA I'm going to be the first woman in the NBA and do all this stuff and they never said no you couldn't do that and because I was a daughter of basketball players I was always like that's who I'm going to be that's what I'm going to do and I just I never thought I was going to be anything else and um so yeah I was really lucky in that sense but um I thought I was a lot better than what I actually was. Um, and it, was it wasn't until a few reality checks set in and, you know, um, that I started toughening up a little bit. I was a little bit soft early on. Mm. Now, you mentioned you won the championship there when you were 17 or 18. You were making all-star teams, like, before the WNBA. So, I guess, when did you know that you, like, even wanted to make that leap? Because you could have, you know, stayed in the WBL, uh, WNBL and kept winning championships. Yeah, look, I um, uh, I suppose I I always thought I was going to be like a decent player. You know, mm-hmm. I, I knew that um, I was going to be some level pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. But I was was also a very like I'm a country kid. You know, I grew up in Albury. I didn't want to leave home. I never wanted yeah. to leave Australia. I never wanted to like I'm a comfort person. I love being right. comfortable and with people I love. So um, making that leap was more an emotional sort of roller coaster for me. I think internally I was really struggling with wanting to be the very best I could be and not wanting to leave my home and my family. Right. So, um, but once I got over to America, I have to say it was to be the best in, in whatever you do, you have to go through the best. In America, the WNBA um, is the best league in the world. They've got the best athletes in the world, no matter what year it is. Right. Um, and... Yeah, I, I just, like I said before, I'm just so fortunate and, like I said, so privileged that I've got the opportunity to go and do it. And now looking back on it, um, I wouldn't have changed it for the world. Hmm. Now, I, you mentioned, you know, to be the best, you have to go through the best. But what was that transition like going from Australia to you drafted by the Seattle Storm? So what was, what was like, off the court, what was that transition like for you? Well, you know, in Australia, you can start drinking alcohol at 18. In America, it's 21. So that was, so I was already, you know, really enjoying a glass of wine by this point. (laughs) Sure. Um, So, you know, walking into a bottle shop and being asked for ID was a bit of a, you know, that was definitely 
Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but look, it was, it's a different culture. And I think walking into my first training camp, um, Lynn Dunn was our coach. And I, I think I was talking about this the other day. Um, the very first drill she had us do was this this drill where there was no boundaries. Um, it was just you go out there and you play. There's no referees. There's no foul calls. Like we're not, you just go out there and you fight, right? Okay. I, now I grew up in structure and, you know, just. <laughs> this is brand new to you. Completely brand new. And people were fighting for positions. They wanted to be on that team so bad. And I never, I've never been in a situation like that so as an 18 year old or a 19 year old i i honestly was like oh my god i'm never coming back to training camp again so it was a massive um culture shock initially for me um and then the level of professionalism as well like the WNBA was just a whole nother world complete compared to what i grew up in and i mean even to this day i mean the WNBA, what it's been able to do um in terms of how it looks after its athletes and Mm. everything is it's so incredible and i think every league in the world is striving to be the same but it's um you know it's 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 going to take some time it's definitely a a journey yeah it is Uh, now you would play overseas like Korea, Russia, Spain, what were those adjustments like? Like, which, which, I guess, which was first? Did you go from America to over there? Did you go from over there and then America? What what was the time? Yeah, so I played in the WNBA for, and then, so I played WNBA and then WNBL in Australia. Um, And then I think about 2006, I decided to, um, or 2005, six, go to South Korea. Okay. Um, and you know what? I had the time of my life over there. I made some really? absolutely awesome friends. My teammates were just so beautiful. And, um, you know, it was all the Americans that were on um, other teams, so it was like one foreigner per team, mm. we would meet up in Taiwan after every single game and we would go out, we would have food, we'd, you know, talk. we just, you know, I guess. Right. Just connect. And, yeah, connect. Yeah. And just made some beautiful friends that, you know, they'll be friends for life regardless of if we ever speak again. I'll always have such fond memories of South Korea. And then after that, I um, went to Russia for about a month. And then after that, I signed with Russia for uh, probably three years or so um, in the off-season. So oh. I played there with um, Sue and Diana. And, mm. yeah, it was, I mean, again, it's such a massive culture difference. It's a different yeah. world in Eastern Europe and um i really i mean i really struggled over there uh, emotionally it was by the time i finished or decided i wasn't going back to russia i was pretty i was i was pretty much just done like i was yeah. emotionally checked out and um i had to sort of deal exhausted, with exhausted i bet exhausted but just i couldn't deal with being so far away from home in a culture yeah. that was just completely different to my own and yeah. um you know, it's freezing cold over there and there was just no support uh, and what I needed, you know, from my family and stuff. So it was all a learning learning journey for me um, and it all made me stronger. You know, I don't think there's much that could rock me now um, at all. You know, it's it's, uh, being a professional athlete definitely gives you the sort of foundation that you need um, in life after sport. There's no doubt it gives you a resilience that not many other people have. Right. What was the adjustment like on the court over there? Because it's like, you know, basketball is basketball, but it's still, you know, somewhat different rules. Like you said, when you got to Seattle, you were doing drills you had never done before. So what was that adjustment like in Korea, in Russia? 
Well, in Korea, uh, when I got over there, I just was determined to be the fittest that I could ever be. You know, I was in a in a place where, you know, nobody spoke the same language. Um, there was one foreigner per team and I just decided that that's where I, I was just going to dominate and I did. I played some of the best basketball I'd ever played over there and um, I, I really had the time of my life. Um, and then in Russia, it was, it was so much different. I, I don't know, I really, really struggled over there and yeah. I don't know the environment um but i mean look we we still won three championships um we had some of the best players in the world on that team and um but yeah man there was some times like when shab tied he was the owner of the team he'd have like we'd be walking in the mall or going shopping or something and mm. you know he'd have someone tailing us just to make sure we were safe and like there were times yeah. that was really unnerving um yeah. so that you know we sort of saw happen just for me, it really sort of set me off. Yeah, I, I can see how that would set anybody off, yeah. So I, I definitely struggled a little bit more than um, the others did, I think. Yeah. Now, jumping back to the WNBA, like your style on the court, you, like as a power forward center, a big, you always shot the three. Like was that something that was like stress to you growing up? Was that just kind of part of your game or? Um, look, I think my mom always, because she was a big, so she was a center. Mm-hmm. But she had a really beautiful shot. So growing up, she'd always said to me, just learn how to shoot, just learn, you know, just have a, just make sure you've got a jump shot. And um, my dad had a beautiful jump shot. She always says she fell in love with his jump shot. So they had me, um, you know, just making sure that I, like, worked on, you know, inside-outside skills. Yeah. So as a youngster, I sort of developed them pretty early. And then, um, again, I sort of grew up in a traditional basketball um you, well, look, they were still teaching me to go inside and pushing me inside, but I think yeah. when they realised that I could shoot, it was like, all right, well, we'll let her take this one or two. Right. Or okay. So, um, and then when I got to the WNBA, I think it was a real asset just having that. Yeah. Um, and then it wasn't until um, Anne Donovan became our coach and she really pushed me to get inside and worked with me on my inside game that I think things started really uh, coming together for me. Hmm. I feel like we hear now... It's somewhat backwards. Like I feel like it's a lot of they stress the inside, then you work on the outside later. So it's interesting to hear you say you kind of that was kind of I guess not even stress, but just encouraged for you to work on the outside as well yeah. as the inside. Well, I think my body because um, my body hadn't fully developed at that stage, so yeah. I was really long and skinny, and yeah. it's just no way. Especially when I first came into the league, I really struggled inside against some of the bodies, like the, some of the girls so strong and that I, I didn't have it right. um and it wasn't until I sort of got a little bit older and really made an effort to bulk up that I sort of gained that strength and I was able to um I guess use my strength inside I just didn't have it earlier yeah now the way the game is moving I feel like the men and the women's game it's you know higher pace more threes are being shot more bigs are shooting threes like what do you think like is is that a style of play you would like to play it in or I know some of the some of the legends are like, it's a little too many three shots, a little too fast for me. Where, where do you fall on it? Oh, look, I, I think I would have adjusted either way. I think, um, I think, look, if it's a high percentage shot, like take it, you know, right. you got to back yourself. And I think that if, if people, I love the way the game is going, I think especially the women's game, it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's evolving. Um, it's so athletic. You know, it's just awesome to watch. It's so much fun to watch. But I think also, too, it's so technical. Like, the skills that the girls have, it's, you know, the plays and the reading each other and Mm. it's 
it's really cool to watch. So, yeah. uh, going back to Seattle Storm, you mentioned you know playing overseas with uh, Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird. I think you and Sue got to Seattle about a year or so apart. What was that like? Like, what do you remember about about the early Storm days playing with uh, Sue Bird that early? Um, well, it was fun. I mean, Sue and I, we didn't connect like off the court early, but I think on the court, we knew that there was something special. Yeah. Um, and then I think within six months or so we were tied, you know, um, we sort of started trusting each other and relying on each other and we became great friends. So mm. that was really cool. Um, that was a great relationship. And for me, um, just having her around definitely was a sort of familial, like a presence for me. And, um, yeah, she sort of felt like home for a long period of my career. But Sue, as a point guard, you know, she made me better. There's no doubt about it. She's she, the the way that she read the game um, and then the way that she matured um, each season and just became this phenomenal leader. Um, yeah, she just, when you looked at Sue, you knew everything was going to be okay. And that was yeah. sort of how I felt with her as a, as a teammate and um, as a friend as well. Like she's, mm. even to this day, you know, if there's something going on, if I need to talk to her or if I, I feel like I need a little bit of advice, I will go to her because um, mm. she's just so level-headed and rational and, um, yeah. you know, she's a good chick. What was Seattle like as a city? Like, uh, like we hear, like, Seattle's a great basketball city. The Storm won titles. The Supersonics were successful, then got moved away. We There's a lot of clamoring for them to get a team. But what do you remember about Seattle just as a, like, as a basketball city? I love Seattle. I fell in love with Seattle. Um, it did become home for me. Um, I think just really eclectic, um, really diverse. It was, uh, I don't know, I just really enjoyed it. I think a lot of um, the way that Seattle looked too, so the waterways and the mm -hmm. green, and it just reminded me of Australia. So it was a bit like Melbourne. Really? and Sydney. Yeah, it did okay. with the harbour and everything. So, um and yeah, I get like I said, it just became home for me. And then uh, Key Arena, love that place. Mm -hmm. I mean, I still get nostalgic about it now. You know, I still have dreams about playing back there and, and stepping mm -hmm. foot on the court. And um, yeah, it's been really weird. I think lately because the WNBA is about to start up again. I was gonna say the season's about to start up. Like you, you got a little time. They got some new jerseys. Yeah. Like you, a couple nah. minutes off the bench. Mate, I'm playing mixed comp at the moment, and honestly, okay. after 40 minutes of playing mixed local competition, my knees are so bad, I can yeah. have two days. <laughs> so playing in the WBA right now, oh, my God. But like I said, I have been having dreams. I've been having more and more basketball dreams lately, and they're kind of haunting because you wake up and I have this, I have, I'll wake up and I'll see my two kids laying on top of me, but then uh -huh. I have this moment where I'm like, oh, my God, I miss it. Like, I miss yeah. it so much. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like the hardest part for me at the moment. So like when big things are coming up, like the Olympics or a world championship or WNBA right. or anything, I definitely have a moment where I just, you know, I miss it. So Yeah, uh, that, that nostalgia uh, yeah. factor. Now, mentioned the Olympics. You've got four medals. What do you remember like just about the Olympic experience? Or do you have any Olympic, any particular one that, or moment that stands out over your four? Oh, I think Sydney um, was very special to me mm. because it was my first and it was at home. Um, yeah. My dad's side of the family comes from Sydney. So, okay. um, you know, I was I spent a lot of time in Sydney growing up. And I think that, um, yeah, I, I think I was too young to really understand the enormity of the situation. Like I, yeah. you know, I sort of, looking back, it was just so special that I had an opportunity to play at home in something yeah. that big. And, um, 
yeah, you you always take everything for granted when you're a kid. So I think probably Sydney for sure. Now, I listed a portion of your accolades uh, internationally and here nationally. Does any like particular one stick out like any particular one title or MVP or defensive player? Does any one stick out in your head that like you appreciate or remember more than the others? Um, uh, not really. I, I guess for me, it, it was the journey. Um, it wasn't okay. so much the end result. It was the times that really defined my experience over in, in the different leagues, you know, wherever I was. So in America, you know, I had, um, we won two championships. So 2004 and 2010 when I was playing and both, both years, I just formed some great friendships. So, um, the 2010 team, we literally still have a WhatsApp group called the originals. Like we're still talking. <laughs> like, so Ashley Robinson, Camille Little, Cash, Sue, um, Laco, Tanisha, just beautiful human beings who, again, going to be my friends for life. We talk every single day. Yeah. Um, so it's more what stands out to me the most are those friendships that I've made, um, uh, like 2004, Cherie, Sam, Tully Bevilacqua, Adia Barnes, like amazing. Like right. they're the things that I think I cherish more than anything now. Hmm. I was going to add, you may have answered it there, like when you came over to the storm, was there anybody in particular, like any veterans or anybody that like took you under their wing has kind of just showed you the ropes. Like these are, this how to be a professional. These are things about this country, about this league that you need to know. Is anybody in particular that took you under your wing? Yeah, definitely. I think in my first few years, it was Sonia Henning. She was a point hmm. guard for Seattle. Um, she ended up coming out to visit here in Australia, visit hmm. me in the family, just a beautiful human, solid as a rock. Um, so she was probably my best friend, especially early on. And then um, Sue, Definitely, just as my mate, I sort of grew in, grew up over there. Uh, right. Cherie, Sam, Cherie is someone that you know I'll love forever. She was just such an incredible person, um, and yeah, it's just so cool that we've all been able to reconnect, and that technology makes it so easy for us to be so far apart yet still right. have these really meaningful connections. Right. Um, but yeah, look, all everyone. I think all of my teammates impacted me differently, but I definitely made some beautiful friendships that I'll you know cherish for the rest of my life. Hmm. Now, I, a couple of things I, I didn't get to mention. You, like you've done some writing, you've dabbled in like you know front office work and ownership. So I guess like what what is next for you working with the Australian basketball team, or I just in general? What's what, what's next for Lauren <laughs> Jackson? Um, look, I, like I said before, I think it's just lifting the profile of our sport and just yeah. continuing to push, um, the bar and finding different ways to innovate the WNBL to make sure that we're, um, uh, one of the best codes in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think my role, um, in the basketball community, just continuing to try and inspire this next generation of kids who want to play, who want to go over to the WNBA and compete, you know, who want to be the best in the world. I think, you know, if they can see, see it, they can be it, you know, right. Um, so I think, yeah, it's just that, like, I really, um, I love my job. I love being able to work in the front office and, um, I'm learning stuff every single day. Uh, so who knows where that'll take me, but yeah, I just want to keep this, you know, keep the sport alive and healthy and happy. And, um, you know, it's fun watching what's happening in the NBA and the WNBA right now. Like Australian basketball is really dominating and it's, Mm. it's cool. It's so much fun. Yeah. Do you, I was going to ask, like, do you have a, 
you still a, like a Storm fan forever when you watch W. You still, I figure Sue's still playing as long as she's still there. I figure you got to go Storm, right? Yeah, I'm always going to be Storm, whether Sue's mm. playing or not. I, yeah. I think I'm a massive Brianna Stewart fan. I absolutely mm. love, like watching her play. Um, man, she's so good. Um, yeah. So that I, I guess. I'll always have that connection to that team and um, I'll always be supporting him. Now that Ezzy's over there, you know, I absolutely think she's just, you know, bee's knees, like <laughs> such a good human. I love good people, but she's such a good basketballer too. So being able to see her play in, you know, my old team, it's so cool. Um, but, yeah, I'll always be a Seattle Storm fan. Although I'm liking Dallas at the moment. I, I want to see okay. how Dallas mm. Okay. I was going to say they just had like the – Every pick in the first round, so they've got like a lot of a lot of young talent coming in. Yeah, so I'm I'm really interested to see how they do this year, actually. So I'm going to follow them pretty closely as well. But you know, I love seeing um, a lot of the athletes that I played against still balling out there and doing their thing. Like I love it, and um, I think you know I'll forever be interested in how um, how the WNBA is doing and who's playing and what's happening. So hmm. a couple more questions. Want to uh, respect your time before we get out of here. What's something like? What would you tell? Like I mentioned, Dallas has a, a bunch of young players, but anybody that just got drafted in the WNBA or, the, or starting their career next year, like what would what would you tell them? Um, just to not be afraid, because I think that was my thing. I was really afraid. I was afraid that I wasn't good enough. I was afraid that you know, I was going to get eaten alive out there. Um, I think that you you got to go out there and just give it everything you got and enjoy it as well. Like it's such a ride, but it's short-lived. Like it doesn't last yeah. forever. Um, so just give it everything you have uh, while you're in it. And, um, yeah, I think that's it. Just just really enjoy it. Like soak it up because it's, mm. you know, life is very different when you retire. Yeah. Uh, one last thing before we uh, see what viewer questions we have. Now you were named to the Australian Basketball Hall of Fame in 2019. The Women's Basketball Hall of Fame in 2020, and now you're a candidate for the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. So, what what would that mean to you? Uh, getting that call? Mm, you got no idea. I I don't know. I I think if I um, if I got the call, it said that I got in there. I, I'm pretty sure I will be crying. I will be oh, absolutely. God, even thinking about it now, you know, it tears me up. But, mm. look, just to be where I am right now, um, you know, as a finalist, it's such a massive honour. And um, like I said, I, I do feel very privileged that basketball, um, you know, gave me the opportunities that it did and, um, you know, that women's basketball in particular in America had that WNBA platform as well. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's The Naismith Hall of Fame is, is one that um, every athlete aspires to um in basketball and it's so prestigious and yeah it would mean the world hmm. so we'll jump to a couple questions again we'll get you out here on time Let's see what we have for our viewer questions got one from the legends lounge uh says do you have any friendly wagers with don staley and adia barnes ahead of uh the tokyo the olympics coming up i don't um i'll definitely have a chat with adia in the next month or so i Okay, I'm so happy for Adia. I think, you know, after NCAA, um, how how they went through the Final Four and everything that she did, it's just been incredible. So um, Adia, again, is one of my favourite people in the world. So I don't know. Look, I, you know, I want the Aussies to win the gold, absolutely. Of course, um, yeah. But I want everyone to win. There you okay. go. 
<laughs> there we go. <laughs> Terrible. I think we got another viewer question here. One from Beefcake Colin. It says, is there a rivalry between netball players in Australia and basketball players? I don't think so. Um, I think that we are two completely different sports. I can tell you, though, like when I was at the AIS, when I was 15, 16, there was. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There was always a rivalry. (laughs) But I think, you know, um, I'm the sort of person that, just wants to see women uh, do well in sport and, you know, get the same opportunities as what the guys are getting. So um, I wouldn't, I don't think that there is a rivalry. I think that like there's a bit of a movement, uh, women supporting women at the moment. Um, Mm. So no, I I wouldn't say so, but when I was young, absolutely. I had a lot to say about that. (laughs) It's good that that's kind of a, I guess you, you get older and your your viewpoints uh, change on that. Yeah, a lot of things change when you're not as ignorant as you once were. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And one last question. Ask all our legends. Uh, and again, we thank you for, for joining us this morning. We're getting together our season two of our legends playlist. So what what music, what are you listening to either around the house as you're dropping the kids off, after you're dropping the kids off? What what uh, What's in your, your headphone? What playlist are you listening to oh. now? I've got a fair bit. I'm very, my music taste is very um, varied. So to, okay. look, I've, it's my 40th birthday next week and I've put together. Okay, happy a, early birthday. Yeah. So I've put together a playlist. So this is actually a really timely question. Um, just okay. about like the music that's really influenced me over, you know, the past 40 years. So, um, uh, look, I, I was massive, I'm a massive Tina Turner fan. I have been my whole life. Um, she was my first sort of idol. So there's a lot of Tina on there. There's a lot of Sher. Okay. There's a lot of In Excess, a lot of Australian music as well. Mm-hmm. But, um, in the 90s, I had the biggest crush on Snoop Dogg as well. So there's a bit of, you know, <laughs> body and those sort of things on there. So it's a bit, um, yeah, look, I'm very, I'm a weirdo. I, I love it. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. We'll uh, traveling yeah, we'll, Walgreens, random. We'll uh, we'll get a nice mix on there. We can get some some Snoop Dogg, some Tina Turner, some some Cher. We'll throw a uh, a couple songs uh, on there for you. Some Aussie stuff. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> All right, Lauren Jackson. Thank you so much for for taking your time with us this morning. Yeah, no worries, mate. It's good to chat and see everyone. Well, not see everyone, but chat. <laughs> We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon, Lauren. Thanks again. All right, cool. Catch ya. All right, that'll do it for this week's Legends Live. As you know, we've got new episodes live every Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central on the NBA Alumni's Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch page. I'd like to remind viewers you can watch replays of any episode at legendsofbasketball.com slash legendslive. You can catch the audio replay to our conversations by searching for Legends Live wherever you get your podcast. Again, I'd like to encourage you, the deadline for the HBCU scholarship is next Friday, May 14th, next Friday. You can find more about that at legendsofbasketball.com slash HBCU. I'd like to give a big thank you to Lauren for joining us at nine in the morning there. I would like to thank you, uh, give a big thanks to Bridget, to Aaron, to Julio behind the scenes, to everybody in the chat, everybody watching, and we will see you next Thursday.